right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 131 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing. And if you enjoy the show, let everyone know that you know that we're all in the same boat together. If you know that they struggled the way that we struggle, give them the name of the Ranting Weight Watcher. Share it as far as to anyone who will listen to you, please. Please consider that. And whatever app you're using to listen to me, if there is a way to rate the show, please give it a four-star or five-star review. Leave a comment, something about, tell, tell the other people who are thinking about listening what you think of the show. Well, I have some really cool announcements I want to make. In many episodes, I've referenced it but really it happened in the very beginning of the podcast. So if you if you went back and you listened to all the episodes, you'll know that there was a time period where a website reached out to me, Blog Feedspot. They had a top 10 list of Weight Watchers podcasts. Initially, when they contacted me, they showed me the list and I was on the list at number six. And I was pretty proud of that. Listen, I'm not trying to make this like it's a big thing or whatever it is, but I don't know how many Weight Watchers related podcasts there are. This is not a general health podcast Tom top 10 list. This is a very specific top 10 list. At that time where I, they first contacted me, I ranked number six on the top 10 Weight Watchers podcasts. And I'm not even sure how it's calculated. I know they show the statistics like under each one when you go to the website. A whole bunch of time has gone by since just a couple of days ago I decided to check. And I saw that the Ranting Weight Watcher on that same top 10 list has now moved to number three. And there's only two Weight Watchers podcasts above mine to become number one, at least on that list. (laughs) I thought that was really cool. But wait, there's more. (laughs) There's one more thing that's really exciting to me that happened last week. I don't know if you noticed, but the little commercial when I go to break changed. This podcast has now been sponsored by Spotify. The deal that I have with Spotify gains me a little bit of money for anybody who listens to the podcast. It's not much to write home about, but they also made a deal that 
whoever listens to my podcast on the Spotify app, I would earn more money because they were listening to the spot through the Spotify app than I would if they listened anywhere else. So as of right now, a little bit of money that I earn for every app that, that puts out my podcast. The only app that I don't make any money from is YouTube. YouTube will not give me any money for my podcast. So if you're currently listening on YouTube, I don't make any money there. That's that doing that for free, not worried about it. But if you're thinking about some way to support the show, besides sharing it, which is the best way to support the show, you can now, if you'd like, switch to listening to it simply on the Spotify app rather than whatever app you're listening to it on, and I'll gain a few more pennies per listen uh, if you do that, and that would be wonderful if you did. Either way, it's wonderful that you listen, period. But I am excited about this partnership with Spotify and look forward to many other things, whatever is to come in the future of this podcast. That took a lot of time to say. Let's get right into topic now. Journey updates. Well, we're up 1.2 this week. For the month of March, we are down 0.4. Total loss in January 2019 is 152.4 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to 175-pound milestone, 22.6. And total pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone is the 47.6. The week 16 of my consistency challenge ended in a fail. So I did have that back injury, was not able to meet the requirements to get a success for that week. So my plan at this point is if I get success for the next three weeks, I'm going to stop tracking it and we're going to call this consistent and move on. I am not going to add anything to it. I'm going to keep it the way it is where it's five days a week, two of them Leslie Sansone workouts and three of them outdoor walks. At some point in the future, I may change that to three indoor Leslie Sansone workouts and two outdoor walks, but that is not now. So we're going to track it for three more weeks get successes three more weeks and we're going to be done with it and I won't be tracking it with you guys anymore at that point. So I wanted to talk about a little bit about how it all began, this journey. So when I walked in to Weight Watchers on that Saturday morning, I had all of these expectations in my head. And it took a couple of weeks of going through the motions to come up with an idea. And my first idea would be to come up with a list of foods that are Weight Watcher friendly, which means they're low in points. And I could eat them on a daily basis if I needed to. And I could create a foundational menu plan of foods that are friendly with Weight Watchers and stuff that I like. I took the next, I don't know, six months to really decide what foods would end up on this foundational beginning of my menu. 
in the process of this, I built it. I started implementing it. In no time, I felt like just the switches alone, and I dropped 50 pounds off of my body. And at the same time, this is when I started to exercise. When I got handed that 50-pound charm, I felt it in my bones. I would not get the next 50-pound charm if I didn't start implementing exercise. So I came up with a plan. How would I do it? When would I do it? Where would I do it? What would I do? And how I would gauge success in it. In the process of doing this, I built the idea of how to create consistency in my life. Inadvertently, not without, it wasn't the plan to do that. It just kind of happened. So we implemented it slowly. Started off three days a week, 20 minutes. Then it moved to three days a week, 30 minutes. And so on. Each implementation went six weeks before I implemented the next change. I had set all of these rules ahead of time. The same way I have implemented Leslie Sansone as part of my weekly workout and how I've been tracking it all this time, I would do the same thing when I was starting to exercise. Here's week one, walk one, and I just finished my 20 minutes. And it was a way to gauge success because I created these rules, these stipulations of what it had to be, I was able to gauge success in that way. The next lesson I learned in the journey, how long I thought it should take to to achieve something didn't really matter. The journey was the journey. And I learned this because of the 75-pound milestone. The original goal for the 75-pound milestone was to have it by the Saturday before Thanksgiving. That Saturday came and went. So I readjusted. I set it to the Saturday before Christmas. That Saturday came and went. I set it up for the middle of January. That Saturday came and went. I didn't actually get the 75-pound milestone for another month. I believe it was the end of February that I finally received it. So the initial goal was to get it in November, and I didn't actually receive it until February. By the time I got to a certain amount of times of readjusting the goal, readjusting the goal, readjusting the goal, I started to become consumed with it and thought it was unhealthy to think of it this way. So I stopped tracking it. And I decided that when I got it, I got it. It's kind of like people that are really trying to get pregnant and they're trying really hard and nothing's happening and they're getting frustrated and they're trying harder and trying harder and trying harder and nothing goes their way. When they decide to just relax and forget about the whole idea of trying, all of a sudden they're pregnant. It was the same thing. I was trying so hard to get it by a certain day. I wanted things to go the way I wanted them to go. But I had to learn that lesson that the goals come when they come. I just had to keep doing the work. And as I speak to you now, 
I sit here with the 150 charm. That 150 charm came to me about a year ago. We're almost a year away from the day I initially received it. I have been dancing between 140 and 157. I believe I got to 158 at one point ever since. When I set out this whole journey, my idea was lose 200 pounds and then make some really serious life decisions of what happens next. Because in my mind, hitting the goal of 200 was not the end. It was the beginning of something new that I just wasn't sure what it was yet. But I did know it wasn't going to be maintenance. It was just going to be something dramatically different. Now, I have explained before that there would be one of two methods that I approached my life with after I hit the 200-pound mark. And that was to work out in a way that would turn my body into a Bruce Lee-type body which is lean muscle. If you've ever seen a Bruce Lee movie, I mean, he was not a big man, but he commanded every muscle in his body in ways that the majority of us will just dream of. And then the other way was to chase what would be the rock's body, a much bigger representation of a muscular body. There are very two different there are two very different methods of chasing both of these. I just wasn't sure which I wanted. But I knew I wanted to lose 200 pounds first. In the process of this, there were so many lessons that I learned. And I have described these lessons to you in past podcasts by explaining that the beginning is kind of like being in kindergarten and you graduate all through the levels, each level getting a little harder than the previous level and having to make changes and adapting your uh, journey for that next level. Now, in my mind, the final level would not come and I had this programmed in my head. It would not come until I was handed the 200-pound charm. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. 
Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot. Because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one. Because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. I think that I'm starting to learn a lesson here. And that lesson is the same lesson that I learned with the 75-pound charm. Instead of a time period, I'm giving a scale goal. I'm going to implement these things into my life once I reach a certain scale goal. This is the same thing as saying, I want to lose this much weight by this date. But inadvertently, I have been creating this mystical moment where I make a huge decision in my life and putting it off until the moment where I hit 200. And I'm starting to believe that that moment needs to come much sooner than me hitting 200. You know, they say that this is a lifelong journey and they present maintenance like it's a lifelong struggle. I believe that they're right about the lifelong part. But part of me wants to question whether or not it needs to be a struggle. I feel like our biggest obstacle that causes us to struggle is education. I believe that we struggle because we believe the principles that started our journey 
should be enough to complete our journey. I want to do something real quick. Keep in mind, I already know the answer to this. I'm going to ask you something. I want you to tell me which one is healthier when I present these two things. In your mind, which one is healthier? White rice or brown rice? Which one is healthier? Now, the majority of you listening to me, you got to know that what we've been told all this time is that brown rice is healthier. I just recently realized something in the app. If brown rice is supposed to be healthier, why is it more points over white rice? Now, this didn't used to be the case. A few weeks ago, it was the same points. Brown or white rice was the same. Six points for a cup was the same. Now, a few weeks passes by, and even though brown rice is healthier, it is now seven points a cup. I sit here, and I'm trying to figure out when did this change happen, and what is the logic behind it? If brown rice is supposed to be healthier, why would brown rice have more point value? Isn't the whole idea that the more healthy something is for you, the less the point value actually is? It just makes sense, right? But I'm sitting here looking at a tracker and brown rice for one cup is seven points. And one cup of white rice is six points. Why would this make sense? This isn't the first time that I have questioned the motives of a company. Look, anytime a company has more to gain from you staying right where you are than they do for you getting to where you want to be, I question their motives. I do this with the health industry. I do this with the medical industry. I do it with a lot of industries. When money can be made keeping you right where you are, when it's more profitable to keep you comfortable and right in place, I question the motive. There is nothing logical that should make white rice be higher point value than brown rice. And this is only the beginning. I started reading this book, and I'm not far into it, and I don't pretend to be an expert on this at all. But I know that every time I learn something or start to learn something, I want to talk to you guys about it. Because the one thing that separates us from where we are to where we want to go is the knowledge it will take to get there and the lessons that we have to learn. 
So this book, it's called Unlock Your Macro Type. And the author is Christine Horonic. Uh, her last name is spelled H-R-O-N-E-C. Unlock Your Macro Type by Christine Horonic. Now, I wasn't exposed to Christine by the book. I was exposed to Christine by finding her YouTube channel. She gears the majority of her message to women. No matter what she's doing with her message, there is plenty of information to be held for anyone. I learned plenty from watching her YouTube videos, which was enough to make me want to buy the book. And it didn't matter that I was male. The little of information that I have received from this book so far and from watching her YouTube videos and with the light of the recent business moves of a global corporation, it has caused me to question the entire fitness industry. When people have more to gain from you staying right where you are. And we don't ever actually do the research. So many of us just, we see somebody saying, hey, this worked for me, and then you go and buy it. You don't know what you're putting in your body. They put the word protein on a package and suddenly this is supposed to be good for you. Oh, it's protein pancakes. Oh, it's protein oatmeal. Or it's protein this. It's protein that. I don't know enough about it yet, but here's what I do know. They can put certain ingredients in there and be able to label it a protein pancake or a protein oatmeal. But that protein that they used doesn't actually get recognized as protein by your body in the digestion process. I don't know enough about what the proper proteins are when you're looking at the ingredients. One day I will. And one day I hope you guys will too. But a lot of these things they are able to call protein bars, protein muffins, protein pancakes, protein shakes, a lot of them, they are called protein by legislation only. It's technicality that enables them to call it a protein shake, a protein bar, a protein pancake. But when this, these ingredients go in your body, your body does not see them as protein and does not absorb them as protein. So you could be sitting here spending all your money on a protein shake and doing everything you need to do because you know that you need more protein in your life and this is the way you've just decided to do it. You could be doing all of that and spending all of that money and taking all of this time and yet 
when your body goes to break it down, the way your body works, it does not see that ingredient as protein. This is only the tip of the iceberg. When a company who is told you that if you follow their methods, track, weigh and measure, get out and move, work on your mindset, suddenly buys a company that employs doctors that prescribes weight loss drugs to its members, it should cause you to question things. It should cause you to wonder what is the true motive. Now more than ever, we must educate ourselves. If we keep going based on what we've been told, we are going to be led by the collar. You follow me? If the people that we pay money to are the ones making all the rules, you're technically a dog on a leash. And as long as you are happy on the leash, you'll stay on the leash. But when you begin to question and you don't like the leash anymore, one of two things is going to happen. In the end, you have to realize that the point system, it's just a point system. Eventually, you have to graduate and understand what it is to truly nourish your body. And we have to get this idea of losing weight out of our head. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. And now it's time for random facts you didn't know you needed to know with the Ranting Weight Watcher. Roller coasters were invented to distract Americans from sin. In the 1880s, hosiery businessman LaMarcus Thompson hated that Americans were tempted by hedonistic places like saloons and brothels. So he set out to straighten up one of the most immoral places he could think of, Coney Island in New York. There he built America's first roller coaster to give New Yorkers some good clean fun away from the seedier pastimes. This is the scariest roller coaster in every state. If you're wondering why I ran, read that random fact about roller coasters today, it's because I have a fear of reading aloud that I'm trying to overcome. If you'd like to participate in the fun fact portion of the show, you need only to email the show and make sure in the subject line you put fun fact or random fact so I know not to read it. The email is therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. And now, without further ado, we'll get back to the show. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. In the pursuit that I'm in 
of trying to gain as much knowledge and understanding of what it takes to become healthy, the one term that has made me cringe more than anything else is losing weight. This was the way they got you to pay attention to the scale by saying you need to lose weight. And then our doctors said, well, if you want to lose weight, get on a treadmill and stay within this calorie range. So we did what we were, we were told. We got on a treadmill. We tried to stay within a calorie range. It either lasted or it didn't last, whatever it is. A simplistic form of the idea of weight loss. But by saying weight loss, they didn't narrow it down. They just got you to focus on one number, the scale. Meanwhile, the scale doesn't really tell you anything. And on top of that, they have based an entire measurement that has to do with your height and your weight. The BMI scale. The most ridiculous form of measurement of health on the planet that ever existed is the BMI scale. It takes no consideration for anything except for height and weight. We all judge ourselves based on this bullshit way of measuring a body. That same measurement puts the rock at obese. I've said this to you before. It's not new information. The BMI scale puts the rock in the obese range. It takes no consideration for what the body is comprised of. Zero. When we get on that treadmill and we eat those less calories, we do lose weight. And we lose it rather quickly in the beginning. But what are we losing? There are three different kinds of weight you can lose. There is water weight, fat, and there is muscle. Getting on a treadmill causes you to lose weight. And stepping on the scale confirms it. Stepping on the scale does not tell you which of those three weights you lost. Now, typically, the average weight loss person is eating to please their tongue. They're not eating based on what will nourish their body. If they can manage to eat based on what will nourish their body, they wouldn't need to lose weight in the first place. So we get on that treadmill, we do what we're told, and the scale number goes down. And nine times out of 10, the majority of that would be muscular weight. Because if we are still eating to please our tongue, our nutrients are off. And here's one thing about the body. 
when you demand things like get on a treadmill and start doing stuff to make yourself active, if it's missing anything, especially let's say it's missing protein, it will find the protein if it has to eat away at your own body. This is how you lose muscle mass. You throw your nutrients off in the process of your losing weight. Your body starts to burn the muscle that you have. You lose weight, but you don't lose fat. You lose muscle. Every ounce of muscle lost makes it more difficult to lose the fat on your body. But we're doing what we're told. The doctor told us to get on the treadmill. Weight Watcher said if I stay within my points, I'll lose weight. There is zero guidance, zero education, nothing as to what your body actually needs nutritionally. Just enjoy yourself, have the foods you love, stay within your points. while your body eats the muscle in order for you to lose weight. And that scale number goes down, and we're happy with it. If we are losing muscle mass in that moment, it comes off quickly because muscle is more dense than fat. And you only have to lose a little amount to have that scale number shoot way down. And for every ounce lost, makes it more difficult to lose the fat which is the most important metric for us to lose. When we eat disproportionately to what our body needs, our body is designed to store it as fat. If we eat more carbs than anything else, and our body only needs a certain amount, whatever excess gets converted into fat and stored. If you are only burning muscle and eating an abundance of carbs and your body can't use them all, you're replacing it with fat. So when we sit here believing us ourselves to be on a plateau, could it be the result of that exactly? Could it be that we have burned so much of the muscle and the muscle's gone and we've ingested off balance in a way that we have created so much fat stores on, based on the carbohydrates we've taken in that we're creating a bigger problem in the long run? Could it be? There are three different nutritional metrics. There's carbohydrates, there's protein, and there's fat. Your body needs a certain amount of each of these every day. This woman, Christine, introduced me to three vocabulary words, which I have come to understand is just the tip of the iceberg to get us to understand what is nutritionally required for us to succeed. In the 1940s, a doctor created the term somatotype. 
And a somatotype is basically a type of body. And he believed there to be three somatotypes. And every person on the planet was a version of one of the three. The three different versions are ectomorph, endomorph, and mesomorph. I don't know much about these three. But I do know that knowing what they are is only the beginning. There is a specific macro composition for each one of these body types. And some people can fall in the middle of those body types. So you would have to almost tweak adapting two different versions of nutrition to find what is going to be the perfect balance of nutrition in your life. There is a way for endomorphs to eat. There is a way for ectomorphs to eat. And there's a way for mesomorphs to eat. But for the people that fall in between them, they have to adapt in the process. These terms, we shouldn't be in a rush to apply to our lives either. What's most important is to start the education process because the final level isn't just comprised of a different way to work out. It is also comprised of a different way to eat. To eat based on what the body needs versus what will please the tongue. Because what pleases the tongue does not benefit the body no matter how low the points are. It can be zero points. If your body doesn't need it, it will convert it to a problem you will have to deal with later. I am only in the beginning of this knowledge. But I'm trying to convey it to you that Weight Watchers, Keto, Intermittent fasting, I don't care what it is. They are only the beginnings of the true quest we are all on. But the, the pursuit of that quest is completely up to you. You can waste your life yo-yoing. Or you can dare to learn everything of what it takes to create a healthy body because nobody is giving you the healthy body. You have to earn it. Even the people you are paying money every month to are not here to give you the healthy body. They are only here to make sure you keep paying the monthly fee. Listen, I can't make you grasp this, but here's one thing I'll say. This woman wrote this book and geared it toward women. 93% of my audience is women. 
if there's anything you ever hear me say, let it be this. Every woman hearing the sound of my voice should read this book. However, you can get it done. Buy the book and read it. Buy the audio book and listen to it. Read it over and over and over again. Because so many of the things you have been taught are normal. The book kind of exposes to come from nutrition. That's all I'll say about that. I don't know enough yet. I'm a, I'm a little over halfway through this book. And I don't know enough to tell you yet. It doesn't really matter what I say in the end. Because, like I said before, it has to come from you. I could talk until I'm blue in the face. I can talk until I run out of voice. I can talk until I'm no longer breathing. None of it matters unless you take what I say, put it to action, and actually apply it to your journey. I didn't write the book. I'm telling you there's valuable knowledge here. And if you ever want to figure out why your journey goes the way it goes, that book exposes so much of it. The choices you make, everything I've been saying to you all of this time, it's laid out in a delicate, beautiful piece of artwork. Every choice you make, how it intertwines so perfectly, and the one little thing you think is right could be throwing off your entire balance. Because of those three body types, the littlest thing can throw off the nutrition of any of them. And it could cause more harm than good, and you think you're doing good things. That's why it's so important that you educate yourself. That's why it's so important that you don't take a billionaire's word for how you should do things. You should question everything. Everything and everyone that has anything to gain from you. Question it all. And don't stop until you have enough information to make a decision for yourself. That's what this is all about. It is not just about counting points, staying within my dailies, don't use my weeklies, do some exercise. No, that's all bullshit. Learning what it takes to be completely wound around, what it takes to nourish your body, that's all required all required and all of these people stuck in plateaus and whatever it is they may be and all of the circular motions you go through in life the cycles here going up and down in weight and it's a constant battle it's all because we choose not to know what we need to know so until you make the choice to know what you need to know you cannot complain about all of the bullshit you deal with because it's your choice to deal with it because you decide to listen to a billionaire tell you what you should do when all they do is collect $45 a month from you. 
it's your choice. And it's time to start thinking that you are valuable enough to want to know more about what could be going on in your body. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.